FreedomFoodsIndiana.com is here to bring fresh fruits and vegetables right to your door. No need to ever leave the home or deal with the stress that is having to go to the store. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com makes it easy to order fresh fruits and vegetables online with the click of a mouse. I'm Rob Kendall. I love FreedomFoodsIndiana.com and I know you will too. It's a great way to keep your family eating right without the hassle of having to shop. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com Rob Kendall, Abdullah Keep Shabazz, Jim Merritt, the program is Statehouse Happenings, your weekly look at what's going on with Indiana politics and government. Before we start this potentially award-winning show, let's meet the panelists. You know him for 30 years in the Indiana Senate, the great Jim Merritt. Hello. Good day, Robert. Went to the Eagles concert last night. How was that? It, it was outstanding. Yeah. It was. It was enjoyable yeah very good and you, i know you you're always down there in the front row um all uh, right not last night our other, boy i wonder what those cost boy <laughs> yikes uh you uh speaking of people who could afford tickets in the front row he's an author <laughs> he's a broadcaster he's a provocateur you know him from indiepolitics.org abdullah keep shabazz hello i'm uh, just playing along today so there we go <laughs> <laughs> Abdul walks in and goes, what are we talking about today? Mm. Uh, even though I sent you a, a list of <laughs> things we were clearly going to be uh, talking about. All right, so let's start with what I think is the most interesting story to me going on right now in Indiana politics and government. And that is that the state of Indiana is going to spend a lot of money to try to keep John Ruckel, uh John Ruckles, John Rust. <laughs> we're talking about John Ruckelhaus, former <laughs> state senator before the show. Uh, they are going to spend a whole bunch of money to try to keep John Rust from running as a Republican for United States Senate. Abdul, you and I have talked about this for a long time. Our ballot access laws in this state stink, and I think this is another example of this. Uh, yes. Uh, Indiana, basically, in my opinion, needs to sort of rework, reform its, its ballot its ballot access laws. Now, I'm not saying that I want, once again, a ballot that's as long as a CVS pharmacy receipt. I'm not saying that. I don't, I don't want to look like an Italian phone book with with a, just a long list of, of parties and candidates because you do need you know some parameters. However, what Indiana has right now, in my opinion, is is ridiculous. The, the fact that you can only run in a primary if you, had, if you voted in two you know, primaries of that party, you got to get a letter from your from your county chairperson. If a county chairperson thinks you're you're a jerk, I'm about to say another four letter word here, <laughs> then then that, then that doesn't happen. And then you got you know the way your gubernatorial candidate is picked versus the way your lieutenant governor candidate is picked. It's I, th- I think you know what you just inspired me. Oh great! As, as after this after this First municipal time. after this <laughs> second time actually after this municipal election is over, I'm going to write a call about Indiana needs to sort of rework, revamp its election laws. Perfect. Well, we've been friends for about oh, going on 13, 14 years now, and I finally inspired you to do something. <laughs> you are you are you are the political wind beneath my oh, wings. Oh, how great! Gosh, you're just the best, Abdul. Uh, Merritt, you uh, you are in charge of making the election laws in this state. Uh, this seems like, and I know you didn't do this one, but this seems like a really, really, really Really, really awful thing to tell people you got to vote in two consecutive primaries in order to run. But you're a party man. Defend your defend your people. Well, the Indiana Code, uh, for as long as we can remember, the Republicans have been in charge of the Indiana Senate and more times than not in charge of the Indiana House of Representatives. And the whole idea is it has been for the last 50 or however long is to preserve the two-party system and 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 those are the people those are the parties that have been in charge and that's what you're seeing i I would agree with abdul that we need at least clarification and it it seems pretty subjective to two elections I, i i but you you everybody listening to this knows that that the Republicans uh, want to nominate Republicans. And so 
that that that's the whole issue behind this that they want some sort of strict structure to the Indiana code when it comes to you know the Republican Party or or the Democrat Party and uh and and the in the um, code is strict in this regard and this to, is to continue to um, bulk up the two-party system rather than having seven or eight parties, including, you know, a, a outside party like the Green Party. All right, so real quick, let's explain. If I assume most people listening to this show are aware, but just in case you're not. So John Rust is an egg farmer. He is trying to run for United States Senate against Jim Banks. Jim Banks has been formally endorsed by the state party. He's clearly the guy that, that the, the power brokers want to be a U.S. senator. And the state of Indiana is attempting to keep John Rust from challenging Jim Banks in a Republican primary because they say he has not met the requirement based on voting in two consecutive Republican primaries. Now, that's bad enough. The thing, Abdul, and I'm going to I'm going to kick this one over to you and just kick my feet back and let you go. The thing that is making me even more angry is that Todd Rokita, the attorney general, who is the chief law enforcement officer for the state. And has what? What is it? What? How many attorneys does the attorney general have? Three hundred or more? And he goes and hires Jim Bob. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is now spending huge amounts of taxpayer money to hire a private outside attorney, Jim Bob, to try this case. So now, not only are you keeping regular people from running for public office, you're spending regular people's money. Exactly. To get to the- <laughs> I mean, am I wrong on this to say this is so egregious on many levels? What's taking place here? Well, it's, it's egregious on like three-dimensional levels. Let's put let's put it that way. <laughs> and, and the other thing too is that uh, originally this case was filed a couple of years ago, uh, not by John Russ, but by, by a couple other candidates. Uh, but it didn't go through because the the the, uh, the the proponents of the loss of the plaintiffs didn't have what's known as standing because the, the deadline had passed to file for the ballot. So the courts basically took a pass. And Jim, you know this: if courts can figure out a way to rule on a subject without going to the merits of it, they'll figure out procedurally Absolutely. any any way they can do it. So the court said, hey, you know what? We, we 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 appreciate you guys, but uh, you kind of you kind of missed the deadline, so we can't uh, we can't really answer your case. So that so that's okay. So that's very important. This is why Rust is getting such a head start on right. this because he wants to say, look, I have standing because they're trying to stop me and I'm trying to run. Big exactly. Up. That's why that's why he filed early, which I got to give him credit for. And uh, I had a conversation with John Russell. I want to say the last time he was on your uh, radio yeah. program, he's like, I'll spend whatever it takes to get on the ballot." Like that, and that is the the establishment's worst nightmare—an opponent with resources that can actually stand fight this. Yeah. So, help me understand: Is Rokita just that inept as an attorney or a leading? And I mean, what you've got three hundred plus—I don't know what the number is now. When I worked for the state, I think that was the number. I'm sure it's grown. You have all these attorneys at your disposal, and there's not one person competent enough to try this case that you've got to go because Jim Bob is not running a soup kitchen. I mean, he's not working on the cheap. What what? How, how do you justify that? Well, it's Teddy. <laughs> Merit? You, you can't. You can't justify it. it it's uh, that's kind of the spoils, and and it's always been that way. And the attorney general uh, has every right uh, if he's got the budget to pay for outside counsel. Uh, this Jim seems Bob- like a, this seems like a terrible use, though. I mean, you're not you're not trying a murder case here. This is not bringing in Greg Garrison and the you know the Tyson trial. Well, yeah, but he's a train coming down the tracks. There's no really stopping him unless there's a 
you know, a uh, convention fight or, or an election. He can spend the money in, if it's legal um, any way he wants to on outside counsel. Actually, I think the 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 the, the, the political answer to Todd Rakita's issues is to make the attorney general an appointed position. <laughs> One more, huh? <laughs> <laughs> First ed- education. And well, let's see. No, because there's nothing in uh, – I, I don't think there's anything in the, in the Indiana Constitution that says the attorney general must be elected. I yeah. no. it's, it's a statutory-created job, so therefore – what the legislature give it, the legislature can take it away. Well, yeah, why don't we true. see how the governor's primary goes? And uh, get back to me in the uh, in the middle of May, and then we'll we'll talk about whether that'd be a good idea or not. The current legislature, the Indiana General Assembly, is so supportive of Todd Rokita. Uh, he is, in their eyes, has really defended state law. Uh, but he's it, an awful attorney. Well, well, he he is bringing home the groceries. And he's 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 got the attention of the legislature, and he defends what they pass. Uh, see, the I, would, I would argue this though. I say, Todd, we love you so much. You're going to give you a chance to appoint your next successor. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the other part of this state law, and Jim, you're going to have to square this one with me because I I know you love you love the Republican Party and you love protecting the Republican Party, and I love you despite that. But <laughs> uh, this this thing, and I thought this when I first got involved in in local politics. And I learned this was a thing. I could not believe this. The fact that a county chairman can decide who lives or dies in these gray areas, one person can choose to sign off or not sign off. So in this case, this woman who is the county chairman where John Rust lives has refused to sign off on him running because she clearly likes Jim Banks and wants Jim Banks to win. However, if she didn't like Jim Banks, she could sign the form, and this would be a total non-issue, and the, the state would have absolutely no standing to keep him off the ballot. That is a horrible law. I can't disagree. I think uh, I, I think it's that that is an age-old law that is, uh, I think, probably needs to be readdressed in the next legislature. It, you're right. It's way too much power for one person, and and I subscribe to finding out if this individual is a Republican or a Democrat or some other party. I think that is the key. Uh, Republicans don't want to nominate a Democrat, and so I think I think. Well, they got a whole bunch of them in the state house right now, and that didn't stop them. <laughs> You saw that one coming, didn't you, yeah, Jim? Yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> Thanks, Jim. Appreciate that. I, I it's whiffed like at t- that. It's like a t-ball when you use it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the bottom line is, is you're right. Okay, Rob good. Kendall's right. <laughs> well, let's leave on a high note. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Rob Kendall, Jim Merritt, Abdullah keeps you buzzed. And, and, act, and, and, he, and here's, here's a short-term answer to that, too, which is, and it's, it's, Jim, to get to your concerns, like you want Republicans running running for office. I mean, you can look at somebody's voting record or what their positions are on issues in a primary. If we're going to have taxpayer-funded primaries, which is a whole other thing I have an issue with as well, and say, look, this guy's a good Republican. He's been one of us. This is why you got your county chairs. you got your precinct committee. you got your ward chair. you got the organization that can get that person over. But but you, you witnessed it yourself. Money. Money runs uh, political campaigns, primaries, general elections. Uh, conventions, and you and re, you could see a Democrat come in with a, a enormous amount of money into a primary uh, primary election, and and overwhelm the party, even if he he or she has a Democrat um, background, and so. Uh, it, it, unless we want to have public, ne- there needs to be a litmus test, I believe. Yeah, unless, but, unless we want to have publicly funded campaigns, that takes care of the money issue. Well, and, and so this is this is the, <laughs> yeah. this, this is the full circle mess, right? I mean, and Abdul, we've talked about this for years. 
if you guys, you guys being the Republicans, want to have, you know, you want to keep John Rust off the ballot, you want to decide who lives and dies, you want to have goofy rules where one person can make that choice, okay, but stop taking everyone's money to do it. Have right. it do it the way the libertarians do it. You guys do it at convention with a bunch of offices. Do it all that way, and you're not going to hear anything out of me. I can still think it's wrong, mm-hmm. but then it's a private group making private choices mm-hmm. instead you're saying well we can't run our own elections without public money mm-hmm. oh you'd like to run for public office oh no 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 we're not going to allow that and right. even even from that perspective too is uh because you control the primary convention you can decide the rules of who, who you want to be your delegates the primary convention exactly or the, the convention the, the convention itself or okay. like your county convention or state convention yeah you, you know, can, we you, used to select our uh u.s senators through convention and and uh, and I remember Dick Luger uh, beating Ed Wincombe uh, uh, for the U.S. Senate spot in a convention-oriented uh, uh, election or nomination, if you will. And that didn't work. So that that worked pretty well. And so you're right. It might not be a bad idea to go more towards a convention than a primary. Yeah, there's no reason every year you couldn't say, I mean, there's all sorts of municipal elections this mm-hmm. fall. Mm-hmm. Hey, we're going to have a Hendricks County Republican Party convention, and at this convention we're going to pick Brownsburg Town Council and Avon Town Council mm-hmm. and Coatesville. Mm-hmm. And, and But, but as, as Marion County Republican chairman, everybody got after me for slating because we had a convention, and that's where uh, Greg Ballard came out in 2007. So, you know, it um, every system has a flaw. Is Well, this has got like 9,000 flaws. So I think that, there, there's <laughs> no- Bottom line is we need to know, in the Republican Party, we know need to know who's a Republican and who's not. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com is here to bring fresh fruits and vegetables right to your door. No need to ever leave the home or deal with the stress that is having to go to the store. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com makes it easy to order fresh fruits and vegetables online with the click of a mouse. I'm Rob Kendall. I love FreedomFoodsIndiana.com, and I know you will, too. It's a great way to keep your family eating right without the hassle of having to shop. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com. Rob Kendall, Abdullah Keeps Shabazz, Jim Merritt. The program is Statehouse Happenings, your weekly look at what's going on with Indiana politics and government. All right, so, Abdul, you had a post over at IndyPolitics.org. That the Indy Chamber, now that's the Indianapolis Chamber of Commerce, is, yes. that, is that right? They have a list of endorsements, and I could not believe this, they have endorsed Joe Hogsett for re-election. Um, I thought it was interesting, um, because I, I'll pull up the story right here. Uh, there, there, it was, now, it wasn't the Indy Chamber per se, it was their political action committee. So just kind of keep that uh, in mind. But yes, they nominated, they uh, supported Joe Hogsett, Sue Finkham, Scott Fatness, and looks to me... Like what they did was they they went for a lot of incumbents. It's, 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 <laughs> they, it's, went to the, they went to the people they think are going to win. Let's just be honest. And, and and in a nutshell, well, when you're the chamber in your business and you got stuff before you want to you want to play your cards right. But but if I'm a business owner, of course, if I was a business owner, I wouldn't be anywhere near downtown Indianapolis. But if I'm a business owner here and I watched either my business or my friends' businesses get smashed to the ground, get looted, rioted, burned. I mean, then this this mayor goes AWOL, and then when he comes out, he basically sides with the people who did all the damage. I'm looking at this going, You're, you think this guy is best for business? It's unexplainable. I think that the the idea of, of the chamber, they supported um, the mayor when I ran against him in 2019, uh, and, and I couldn't believe it then. But uh, after the, the riots and his 
lack of participation, and as well in this campaign of not explaining what he did. He's not going to say what he did wrong, but uh, what he would do next time and and, and, and demonstrate some leadership and, and learning on the job. Uh, it uh, First of all, we all know that we start voting now, and so the election is relatively over, and these endorsements, I don't think, um, hit the mark because people have pretty much made their decision. You, uh, Abdul, you had a lot of undecideds in your in your poll. Uh, however, I think I, I, I think the I think it it's people have made their decision and they start voting now. And so I don't know what these endorsements make any difference. And also, Robert, there's a very thin ro- line between city government and the city chamber of commerce. Tell me about that. Tell me all about it. There's a there's a very tight relationship between between the mayor's administration and the city chamber of commerce with funding and with economic development issues and and so you know when i looked at it i i went before the committee in 2019 and my campaign team almost pushed me into the room because <laughs> i i knew i knew that it was a uh, a waste of time yeah, and because- so because yeah, if you think about it, uh, back in 2007, the chamber endorsed Bart Peterson. But 2011, they endorsed Greg Ballard because the the, the, the chamber is, is more about the status quo, per se, mm-hmm. and, a, and, a, and a, a predictable business environment. I think there's probably a better way mm-hmm. to put it now. Prediction, mm-hmm. good or bad, that depends on your perspective. But they've always gone, gone for uh, incumbents mm-hmm. or the person they think would be the incumbent, like they did like they did Sue Finkham up in Carmel, even though there's no incumbent. I love that they endorsed John Starr in Zionsville as no competition. Boy, thanks for coming in late with and, all the help. And, and probably Willis in Westfield, too, if they did that. But uh, also, you, you look at it, if you look back in time, I would imagine that they picked, they endorsed uh, Sue Ann Gilroy back in 2003 because she was considered an establishment Republican and and uh, and, and probably had the sway and you know the 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 city chamber of commerce has changed so much. Cummins is in town now, and it's run uh, by a lot of Democrats. And so they 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 probably had their uh, say, and and they put their weight into the issue as well. Yeah. Now at the end of the day, though, I will say this about endorsements. This goes to uh, the mayor's race, uh, Suzanne Crouch's races, and all, all her 100 endorsements. At the end of the day. The endorsement that matters most is the guy who lives next door to yeah. you. Yeah. Okay, so let's go there because that was going to be my next topic is do endorsements matter? Abdul, you and I have had this conversation for many, many years. I am with you. I think there was a time where Senator so-and-so endorses, and that had some weight. I think that those days are over. Because uh, to me, an endorsement is like, kind of like a beauty contest. It's like, okay, here, here's your ribbon. Here's your blue ribbon. Go knock yourself out. But you're more likely to listen to your next-door neighbor or your spouse or somebody you know have that personal relationship with. Than say the FOP or the Indy Chamber or or whatever mm-hmm. big organization that that they, that they got out there, mm-hmm. unless you're just no information whatsoever. Like okay, well this guy liked him, so I'm going to vote for. Him. Well, I also though you look at the lieutenant governor's campaign for governor, uh, and she comes out with this pretty iffy uh, campaign, acts the tax campaign issue, and it, and the, it countless legislators republican legislators have endorsed her i would imagine you go to each of those those legislators the day she makes her announcement that she wants to eliminate the income tax and you go to those legislators and and privately they would if you ask them you know uh, how are you going to do this 
Well, first of all, they're probably surprised that she did it. Number two, if they've been in the legislature for a minute, they know it can't be done. And so without raising another tax. And so uh, their endorsement. That sounds like a dare, Jim. <laughs> I, I think that uh, Suzanne ought to go before Travis Holdman's tax commission and explain how she's going to eliminate the income tax. I think that'd be a good idea for her, and I think it'd be a good idea for the commission, because as we've talked about on this program, I don't know where the the secret sauce is. If you have to ask those legislators who have endorsed Suzanne, I'm not sure that they can answer uh, the the question on how she's going to eliminate the income tax. You know, we mentioned uh, the endorsement of Palooza from Suzanne Crouch. One of the people who endorsed her very early and publicly was the mayor of Noblesville, Chris Jensen. Now, we like Jensen. I think he's done a terrible job with that stadium going up in Noblesville that you're using all that money for the Mad Ants, and I told him that on on our show, and I'm not going to pull any punches, but he's a nice enough guy. The big rumor is that he is, in a lot of circles, becoming many people's cause du jour to run against Micah Beckwith for lieutenant governor and there's starting to become fear that Micah is gaining enough traction by not having any opponent and just crisscrossing the state on his own, essentially saying, you can't trust any of these people who win. You're going to need me as the check and balance, and that's resonating. Abdul, have you heard anything about somebody <laughs> potentially getting into this uh, into this race to say, look, we got to stop this guy before it starts? I, I, don't, I see nothing. I know nothing. <laughs> Actually, Mr. Jensen and I have had this conversation, and basically he said he was happy being mayor of Noblesville at the time. That was also about, I'd say, about a month ago. Yeah. So something may have changed since then, but the last time we chatted, he, he was happy being mayor of Noblesville. You know, I'm happy to run. For lieutenant governor. You're going to run against Beckwith? <laughs> I would love to see that. That would be fun. But that know, means he, neither he, one of you could be on this radio show anymore. That, <laughs> yeah. So, so, but this is a this is a serious thing now, right? right. Because I think when Micah first filed, people thought, oh, yeah, the wacky pastor is going to run, and that'll be funny. And he's a really good dude and a really good candidate, whether you agree with him politically or not. He's super likable. And I have been told this by many people now. He's doing a great job at this campaigning thing. And if the if – the, the establishment doesn't – they're going to have to pick somebody. They can't just run the risk of whoever the governor is going, well, I'll pick somebody and we'll beat them at convention. I think you're going to see a long-form contested lieutenant governor's race, which I think will be great. Or you'll see the delegate race being stacked. Well, I, there's I think, the other thing, right? I, I think it's very, very important for Ann Hathaway, the new Republican state Republican chairman, to have a, a concerted effort on delegate – elections throughout the state that uh, what i call the diego voter who through his crisscrossing all 92 counties two or three times in a year and a half was able to court delegate court people get them elected as delegates and come into the and come into the uh convention and that's how he won and and uh well he also and, won too because holly was a horrible candidate yeah, well you know I, I don't like to speak ill but uh oh you've come to the wrong place then jim <laughs> <laughs> well no no it, holly, holly was a great secretary of state but she was she was she, she just didn't have that she, um her heart was not in it no because when i went to the uh, i remember this perfectly when i went to the morgan county lincoln day dinner because i was a, the, the speaker because todd young couldn't make it is that uh diego was there holly was there and diego was working the room and had his rubber gloves on, doing that Mike Pence serving food at the <laughs> table thing, and Holly just kind of sat there at her table. It's like, you know, no offense, but these are the people gonna, that the delegate pool is going to come from. You get it? Yeah, I was there that night. You did a nice job, but but the, really, the bottom line is is that conservative voter that Diego brought into 
the the um, uh, into the convention is that Micah voter. And so Micah Beckwith, like him or not, is going to be a force in the convention uh, next year. There's no question about it. And he's just got a head start now. And, yeah. and, a, and a good friend of mine, I had uh, uh, cigars with him on Monday, had, a, had the perfect analogy. He's like, Abdul, the, the Micah Beckwith voter is only 15% of the Republican Party, but about 40% of the convention delegates. Yeah. Right. And the is- interesting part, you talk about primaries versus conventions. That voter also is uh, a Hill voter. A Curtis Hill voter. Yeah, so this is going to be it's going to be fascinating. I just think it's interesting how quickly the narrative has changed that when he decided to run, oh, goofy pastor man, gonna gonna try to pull a. You know, I, a I can tell you for a fact, the state Republican Party did not think that they they know they've got a situation on their hands. Yeah, and um, I like that. Yeah, I and, love it. And, and you know, uh, it used to be where. Uh, Goldsmith, when he ran for governor, let the convention pick Robert Greene from Vincennes. Uh, but um, it used to be that where the the uh, the Republican governor candidate could pick his uh, his running mate, and that's just not the case anymore. A uh, perfect example of this. I know we're kind of short on time here. Oh, uh, no, you got plenty of time. I, I go back to my home state of Illinois, which is going to be, first of all, it's a bad example for almost anything, <laughs> yeah. politically speaking. However, back in, uh, I want to say the late 1980s, it was uh, a guy named Adlai Stevenson, former vice presidential. The the Adlai Stevenson the third, who was a grandson of Adlai, the original Adlai Stevenson, who ran against Dwight Eisenhower back in the 1950s, is that uh, he ran for governor. He won because back then the governor, lieutenant governor, all elected separately on a primary on a primary ballot. He wins, but the his pick for lieutenant governor loses to the to to the Lyndon Larouche candidate. Now, Jim, you know who. You, now, Rob, you may be a little bit young for the Lyndon LaRouche, but they were like the precursors to the to to the Alex Joneses of oh, the world. Yeah, uh-huh. And so we had Alex Stevenson as governor, and and the Lyndon LaRouche as lieutenant governor. So the Democrats basically had to like, okay, we this is totally effed up. We have to get rid of this. So Stevenson ran on the third party, and it was just a mess. And Jim Thompson stayed governor, uh, Republican governor again. So big Jim Thompson. Here, here is here is what I like is that we are. I mean, am I wrong to say there is going to have to be some sort of consensus establishment candidate where they say, hey, whether it's Suzanne or Chambers or whoever on on that side of the aisle, you're picking, you're you're just stuck with whoever this person is, and we're going to have to have an actual like months long contested lieutenant governor's race. I mean, this is not going to be the governor just picks somebody and that person runs against Micah. I, I think I think if I'm a governor candidate right now, I pick somebody now yeah. to run with me. Yeah. And and get that individual out there uh, in the in the political hustings and and go to work on it. I think it's a a viable idea because as we know, uh, Beckwith is a likable individual and uh, he does have that fifteen percent. He is a he is a factor in in twenty twenty four. No question about it. Uh, real quick before we go, um, I saw Brad Chambers continues to get people to give him like a gajillion dollars. There was some article, I forget who did it, but he's got all these people giving him like $10,000 checks. You got to really like somebody to give him a $10,000 check, don't you, Jim? Well, you do. And and, I, and I've said before, Brad Chambers is a smart guy, smart fellow. And <clears throat> he wouldn't enter this race if he didn't think he had the money uh, himself, self-funding, but he also had big-time uh, contributions to his campaign effort. And also, he had a, he has to see 
that the the race is very unsettled through the poll. He wouldn't do this unless he knew that he, that there's a lane for him. Abdul, uh, you did you have anyone give you a ten thousand dollar check? Have you ever someone... actually? Yes. Okay, so you <laughs> so you can. Okay, we got about a minute left here. Uh, you got to really, really, really like someone. I'm not going to say you expect something in return, but you got to let's just word it. You got to really, really, really like somebody to give them ten thousand bucks. Either either got to really, really like them, really, really believe in what they do, or just have that relationship. And when I ran for mayor in the primary, I called an old friend uh, who I helped him with a, helped him with a couple of things a couple of years ago. He's like Abdul, happy to write a check. Here's ten grand. It's like the Godfather, right? There's going to be a moment where I, <laughs> I, I think Abdul and I have a lot in common in that regard. When I ran for mayor, uh, the big checks were just relationship checks. They had nothing to do with the city of Indianapolis. They had no axe to grind. They, I I could not do anything for them as mayor of Indianapolis. It was more relationship yep. friendships. Well, too bad I burned all my bridges. I guess that'll keep me from ever getting any of those. That's checks. why I didn't get the big checks. <laughs> Uh, Jim Merritt, Abdullah Kim Shabazz, you guys are the best. Thank you. Thank you. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com is here to bring fresh fruits and vegetables right to your door. No need to ever leave the home or deal with the stress that is having to go to the store. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com makes it easy to order fresh fruits and vegetables online with the click of a mouse. I'm Rob Kendall. I love FreedomFoodsIndiana.com and I know you will too. It's a great way to keep your family eating right without the hassle of having to shop. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com. Rob Kendall, Jim Merritt, Abdul Kib Shabazz. The program is Statehouse Happenings, your weekly look at what's going on with Indiana politics and government. Don't forget, you can find Jim Merritt on Twitter at Jim underscore Merritt, at Jim underscore Merritt. And don't miss his very fabulous Merritt in the Morning podcast, available on Facebook and YouTube. Abdul's on Twitter at A-T-T-Y Abdul, at A-T-T-Y Abdul. And you can learn all about Abdul and a whole bunch of stuff going on with Indiana politics and government at IndiePolitics.org. IndiePolitics.org. Politics.org. While you're there, get yourself a cheat sheet subscription. Me, I'm on Twitter at Rob M. Kendall, at Rob M. Kendall. And you can hear me weekdays 9 until noon, the Kendall and Casey Show on 93.1 WIBC. For Abdul Akeem Shabazz and Jim Merritt, I'm Rob Kendall. You've been listening to Statehouse Happenings.